0: This episode is brought to you by the 5-Day Money Challenge. Get your stuff together with money and increase your confidence in just 5 days. Save your seat at WhitneyHanson.com slash moneychallenge and join in on the fun. Hello and welcome to the Money Nerds Podcast, where owning a calculator, budgeting your money, and having a net worth is actually cool. I'm your host, Whitney Hansen, and each week I'll be chatting with inspiring people to learn their secrets to financial success. Now let's dive into the show. It is that time of the year again. We are officially almost in holiday season. So this episode is going to be completely dedicated to helping you prepare for the holidays financially so that you don't get into a ton of debt and you're not really struggling in the next year. This is something that is super important to start preparing for now because it's one of those things where ideally we prepare throughout the entire year. But I know for a lot of us that I mean, with 2020, being the way it was, it's so difficult sometimes to even get a good grasp on cash flow. So that's why I want you to start thinking about this now. So I'm going to share with you some stats, some tips, and we're just going to create a system to helping you prepare for the holidays. If you're good with that, then keep on listening in. Okay, let's start by talking about some averages. In 2019, so just last year, the average family spent $1,496 on the holidays. Now, let's break this down a little bit further because it wasn't all on gifts. Sometimes we hear that we're like, "Oh my god, what are people buying?" That's not necessarily the case. So, out of that like we'll call it 1500, out of that almost $1500, $511 went towards gifts and gift cards. The other $985 went towards going out, entertaining, and even outfits preparing for the holidays. So it's a ton of money. It's a lot. It doesn't have to be that way. But if that's the average family, I think it's important to know where do you stand with that first and foremost? How much do you actually think you'll be spending? How much did you spend last year? That data is so good to hear and so good to know because I see so many people have these really great expectations that they're not going to spend as much and they still do. They blow the budget. They put up like one more time on the credit card. We do a lot of things that really hurt us in the upcoming year because we just either don't pay attention or have a lot of emotional guilt tied to it. So we're going to talk about all of those things in today's episode. Okay, here's another crazy stat. 22% of people believe Christmas will spending will leave them in debt. 22% believe Christmas will leave them in debt. In a recent coaching call I had with one of my faves, we were talking about setting up her, her plan, getting her ready for Christmas. And one of the coolest moments is when she realized that she doesn't have to take on debt this holiday and she can still afford to do the things that she wants to do because we're planning early. I think that's the power of doing this kind of stuff is that if you start early, you can have an incredible Christmas and it's not necessarily going to come at the expense of your 2021 goals. Now here's the deal the important piece, the first step to getting your finances ready for the holidays is to start planning now. This is everything, my friend. I need you to set up a savings account. Go set it up right now and start to put some money into it. So look at your past data. How much did you spend last year? And I want you to divide that out. How many more months do you need before you have to have that money in the account? That is so, so critical. If you just take, like, let's say it's $1,000 and we have three months to save, we need to save $333 per month. Now, here's the thing. When you look at your budget and you're looking at, like, your debt payoff, your other savings goals, and maybe you find that you don't have the budget in there, that's when you have to make some of those tough decisions that only you can do for yourself. I don't know your finances, so I can't make that decision for you, but I want you to look at all of your goals and your priorities and say, what am I willing to give up in order to save for Christmas? So maybe that means not being as aggressive with your debt payoff for a couple of months. Maybe it means that you are not saving for a travel fund, which let's be real, who the heck is traveling right now anyways. So maybe there's other ways that you can achieve that goal. Maybe you can pick up extra work at hours at work so that you can get some overtime in there. There's a lot of ways that we can do this kind of stuff, but when you see the number on paper, it's going to help you visualize what you need to do to make that goal happen. Okay. You guys know I've been introducing sponsors to the show and I have to share a quick interruption for today's sponsor because I think it's probably one of the most important sponsors we've ever had on the show. So quick word from them. I don't know what it was, but when I hit 30, that's when I started to really start thinking about my future and what happens when I die and all of that stuff. And it's a little bit somber. I I get it, but it's important work. For a lot of people, life insurance is truly the difference between being able to grieve and not have to worry about a ton of the financial obligations and having to go back to work too soon. Like, it's a really, really big deal. And I know that men generally have more life insurance than women, and typically it's twice the amount of coverage. So it's a huge discrepancy. And one of the companies that is working really hard on fixing this is Jenny Life. Jenny Life wants to shrink that gap. And it doesn't matter if you're a working mom or a single mom or an expecting mom. Maybe you're single or maybe your kids are like my kids and have four legs and they happen to be furry and bark a lot. (laughs) Regardless of what your situation is, you need life insurance. That's where Jenny Life comes in. Here's something crazy. Before Jenny Life, if a pregnant woman wanted life insurance, she'd actually have to use her pregnancy weight. And that usually equates to higher rates. Or even at one time in the United States, it was illegal, illegal for women to own a life insurance policy. Like what? Isn't that nuts? Jenny Life is doing a really great job. They make it fast and easy for women to know their families will be taken care of with life insurance that's uniquely built for your needs. With Jenny Life, you can get your life insurance policy without blood work or unnecessary red tape, and you can do it all online from the comfort of your home. Here's how it works. They ask you five simple questions. They curate plans from dozens of A-rated insurance carriers, and it gives you a personalized budget-friendly life insurance quote in seconds. For example, a healthy 32-year-old woman can get a half a million dollars in coverage for about a dollar a day without ever stepping into a doctor's office. It's so critical that women take control of their finances and life insurance is one of those pieces that is going to give you a lot more peace of mind in your future. So it's super, super important. And I definitely believe that life insurance is something that every woman should have in place because every family deserves a secure financial future. So take a few minutes to get your Jenny Life policy right now. Visit JennyLife.com slash money nerds to get a free quote right now. That's JennyLife.com slash money nerds for your life insurance quote today. Again, JennyLife.com slash money nerds. Okay, now back to the show. Okay, so step number one to getting your finances in order was to get planning now. Step two is all about removing emotions and being realistic with what you can afford. What I find with so many people, myself included, I find, I I don't know why I fall into this trap too, but I totally do. I'm so, so by far guilty of this, but a lot of times we think that holidays come with expectations and like, I have to show my love or I feel obligated to buy a gift. Cause if I don't, I don't want to be that asshole. So like, there's so much that gets tied into that, but ultimately you really do need to work on separating emotions from being realistic. If you're looking at your budget and your goals and you see that you can't afford to buy your aunt, your uncle, you guys say aunt or aunt, I always say, you yeah. know, anyway, your relatives, your siblings, their kids. Like if you don't have it in your budget, don't freaking do it. I mean, no, like everyone's like, well, yeah, thank you, Whitney. That was like novel advice, but it's so true. So many times that we we extend ourselves because we feel obligated. We feel emotional and it's never about the other person. It's always about us. And sometimes that takes some, some deeper work where you have to look internally and say, what the heck am I trying to, to do by buying gifts for other people? Is it because I don't want people to think I'm financially struggling? So if I buy everybody a gift... Then they think that I'm okay, even though I'm literally paycheck to paycheck and I can barely make ends meet on my own. Is it because you just are a gift giver? You just love seeing people's faces light up. You are a really thoughtful gift giver and it just makes you smile to see people appreciate that. There's lots of different reasons and everyone has their own reasons for why they enjoy giving gifts or why they feel obligated to give gifts. But at the end of the day, I need you to separate your emotions and be realistic. If realistically you can't afford to host Thanksgiving or you can't afford to host Christmas dinner because that means that you have to take on a lot more of that burden or the, the financial responsibility of providing the food for everybody, then don't volunteer to host. Like There's so many different ways that we can approach the same goal, which is family time and friend time without breaking the bank. Again, I can't tell you how to do that cuz I don't know your life, but I can give you some examples of what we do in my family. So for my family, we always have Thanksgiving dinner at my mom's almost always. We're trying to go to a restaurant this year and it's it just seems like so much easier. It's like $50 per person and we are all really considering this because frankly, holidays are a lot of work. And I see my mom just kind of chilling in the kitchen and of course we do our best to help out, but She's spending most of her time cooking and checking on food and, and doing all this stuff. And then we sit down and she's over there, like trying to like serve everybody. Like, so and maybe she enjoys it. I don't know. I should probably ask her that. But at the end of the day, it's like, she's taking away herself from that family time. And so we thought that maybe going to a restaurant and spending possibly more money than we normally would have would be a better option because there's some type of value for that family time too. So that's just one thing that we're doing for the holidays this year for Thanksgiving. And then the other thing too is last year, well, last year I wasn't even in the country. That's when Tony and I went to Japan. But for the past two years, I have not participated in Black Friday shopping or Cyber Monday shopping. I wanted to. When I see good deals, my heart pitter-patters. That like totally gets me so stoked up. But ultimately what I realized is when I look around my house, I don't need anything. And I have a strong feeling that you probably don't too. Now, there's lots of things that I can convince myself I need when things go on sale. But at the end of the day, I realistically do not need anything. And so I've already made the commitment that I'm not going to Black Friday shop and I'm not going to shop during Cyber Monday because I truly do not need a single thing. I'm doing all right. So that's just one commitment that I've made to myself is that I choose to just opt out of that. I don't wanna be a part of these really commercialized holidays, fake holidays, let's be real. I don't wanna be a part of that. It's not something that I am going to be participating in. Now, you might be different if you choose to do Black Friday shopping or Cyber Monday shopping, that's totally cool. But what I want you to do is I want you to be aware that a lot of times those doorbuster prices that they give you, are really not phenomenal deals like we think. We think they're really great deals, but sometimes the electronics specifically are actually lesser quality. And so it's like reduced quality to get you in the door and then they're preying on impulse spending for good deals. So that's why it's so critical that you just know that going into this, you are gonna be marketed. And if you have a hard time with impulse shopping in general, then just opt out, like really, or sit down, have a very, very clear guideline of here's exactly what I'm going to be purchasing and only buy those things, but also set a budget, be realistic with yourself, set that dollar amount. I think it's so important that we just plan and do our best to remove emotions from this situation. Anytime that there's huge millions of dollars being poured into advertising and marketing to you. It's very, very likely that if you're not a strong person or you are not incredibly aware of this, you will fall into that trap of overspending. That's what it's designed to do. And I always have to remind myself that even when I see really good deals and I'm like, ah, oh, sucker, they're like doing this really cheap deal and I'm going to go take advantage of it. And that's all I'm going to buy. I have to remind myself that I really was the sucker in that situation. Like me buying that computer did not bring me any more joy all it did was get me to spend money and that's when companies make most of their money especially retail that's when they make it all is that last quarter of the year and so just like a subtle maybe a little bit in your face reminder that we are not going to outsmart people that have millions of dollars in marketing and know everything about us psychology ins and outs our spending habits we're not going to outsmart them probably not The way to outsmart them is by staying home (laughs) and closing your wallet if you feel inclined. That's definitely something that I've done. Another thing that I've done to remove some of the emotions from the holiday is I stopped almost glorifying what the holidays mean. So I used to be that type of person that thought, oh my gosh, the Christmas season is the best. It's so much fun. I get to decorate. I get to do all of this stuff. I get to make sugar cookies. And trust me, I still fall into that. I make my sugar cookies every year and I love it. Happily do it. But it's one of those things that I started to realize that I was sold more on the dream or the idea of what the holidays could be instead of the practicality of like actually sitting there and enjoying it. So instead of just buying new decorations every year or, you know, going through all of like what I feel like the holidays might mean, that feeling I, I seek. So instead, what I told myself is that while it would be nice and I am enjoying holidays, I enjoy Christmas decorating, like I I I enjoy that stuff what I've realized is that I was buying into the vision or the idea of what that stuff means instead of the practicality behind it. I hope that makes sense. I think sometimes we just, we are sold this dream or this vision and that's what we're buying instead of actually realizing that, Hey, maybe I don't need more Christmas decoration stuff. I actually have plenty and it's Legitimately, like one month of the year that we decorate. And if you're like me, it's like a week before the holidays is when you're throwing up your tree. (laughs) Does anybody else do this? I do this all the time. But for most of us, for most of us, we don't need to buy more stuff because what we're doing is we're buying based off of emotion instead of need. And that is what we need to avoid as much as possible if you want to stay on track with your finances and if you want to still make progress towards all of your goals. My goals don't stop. Just because it's a holiday, I still make progress on them. I'm still saving. I'm still investing. I'm still working on my financial goals, not at the expense of one totally commercialized holiday. Okay. So stepping off my soapbox on that one, and we're going to talk about the third step to financial prep for the holidays. So first we had start planning now, set up your savings account. Second is to remove emotions and be realistic on what you can actually afford. Third is to set expectations with loved ones. This is the part that is the probably the most important. It really is. And that is setting the expectations for what you can and cannot afford, what you are and are not willing to do. It's almost a form of self-care, is the way I, I view setting expectations. It's you putting your your priorities and putting that out into the world, sharing that with people you care about. I think it's one of those really important pieces where if you're honest with people about what you can and cannot afford or what you are and are not willing to do. Most people respect that. Very rarely are people going to be jerks about it or talk behind your back. And even if they did, like, so what? They don't live your life. Who cares? So at the end of the day, you have to set expectations with your loved ones. And sometimes that can mean, like, if it's for your kids and your kids are of a certain age where maybe Santa no longer visits, maybe that is you having that conversation where you say, hey, look, we're going to get three gifts apiece. That's it. Or one gift each. That's it. And we're going to enjoy it. And we're going to spend time as a family because the holiday is about family time and it's not about giving gifts and like, that's not what it's about. And so I think that's appropriate. Like it used you to your own judgment on how you approach these conversations, but it's really, really important Another thing you can do to help set that expectation, this is something we do in my family, is we do a secret Santa or white elephant or whatever the heck you want to call it. It is secret Santa. So what we do is we have an online name drawing thing. I think it's drawnames.com or something like that. And we have a $50 budget. Keep in mind, there's six kids in my family, counting me, plus. Now people have spouses, my sister has kids. like it, it's a lot. It's a lot of people. And instead of having to have that guilt of like, oh God, I gotta buy a gift for everybody, which would be expensive. like even if I only spent twenty dollars on each person, that alone for just my my siblings, And my mom is $120 and then my, you know, three nephews and my niece, that's you you see what I mean. It just, it adds up really, really quickly. And so instead, what we said is we are done with this crap. (laughs) It's too expensive. We don't want to do this. It's not about that. So we draw names and we do one $50 gift for whoever's name we draw like that. That's just what we do. And that has worked so well because it takes that pressure off of feeling like you have to buy for everybody And instead, it just gives you permission to just buy for one person, $50. That's all we have to budget for. And it's really awesome. Another way of setting expectations is Tony and I decided that we were not going to give each other gifts. I mean, ultimately, this was a hard one too, because I love giving gifts. He's a hard one to shop for if I'm being real, but I really enjoy buying him things. And what I've learned is that it doesn't really matter. Like I put so much time and energy and I remember in my early 20s, I would try so hard to spend like a couple hundred dollars on a gift and he would open it, and would be like, cool, thanks. You know, like, of course he was grateful for it, but it wasn't like he was head over heels in love with this item. This is all he's ever wanted. Like, I think sometimes we, we again, we glorify what we think will make people so happy when at the end of the day, they're grateful, but they would have got that same amount of gratitude had I spent $50 as I would have $200. And so one of the things that we decided was that we weren't going to sabotage our financial goals. We were going to not buy each other gifts and just spend time together. So a lot of times what he and I will do is we'll spend one night sitting on the couch, watching Christmas movies and eating popcorn and drinking cider, hard cider, of course but that's kind of what we do. And we have a really good time and we don't get into that whole commercialized stuff because ultimately we're on the same page. And if we're buying gifts for each other, when we both know we don't need anything else, it just puts a lot of pressure on us and it puts a lot of pressure on your finances sometimes. So we just decided we're opting out. We're not going to do that. So yeah, just something that we do. And if you needed permission to try that, I highly recommend it. It is so, so good. It's so worth it. Like by far one of the best things we've done is just setting that expectation of we are not going to do expensive gifts. We're not going to do gifts for each other. And with the family, we do a secret Santa. So that has taken a lot of the pressure off of the holidays for sure. Okay. I have to throw in a couple more stats because these are always so interesting. From a survey, there was 46% of people lied about liking a gift. So if you're putting all this time and energy into getting the perfect gift, almost half of people don't really enjoy it that much anyways. So hopefully that takes some of the pressure off too of thinking you need to spend a lot of money to make somebody happy or to show your love. Like you actually really don't. In fact, 46% of people will lie and say they like it when really they don't. Isn't that crazy? That was so high. The other thing that I saw, the other stat that kind of blew my mind for sure is regarding smartphone purchases for Christmas. Smart phone purchases for Christmas have increased by 11% in the last two years. Now, I happen to know that those phones are really, really expensive, and it's fascinating how much money we will drop in the name of a holiday for kids, our relatives, our loved ones, ourselves ourselves ourselves. Okay. Let's talk about ourselves. Who does Christmas shopping for themselves? Raise your hand. Me too. I used to do that too, for sure. Here's what I found. 51% of people buy gifts for themselves. So we're shopping for ourselves as part of that $511 that we will spend on average for gifts and gift cards. Part of that is for our own selves. So we're just disguising impulse shopping and naming it in the spirit of Christmas. So I thought that was hilarious too. Just be careful of that. All right, so step number three was set expectations with loved ones. So step number four is to remind yourself that you control how much you spend. Your kids don't tell you how much to spend. Your spouse doesn't tell you how much to spend. Maybe, maybe they do, who knows. But at the end of the day, you are the one swiping the card and you are responsible for your finances. So to me, that's a very freeing thing because when I realized that I truly am responsible for my finances and I'm the one making the decisions and I'm the one swiping the card, It actually gives me a sense of control and I'm a bit of a control freak. So it works for me. But if you feel restricted by that, then just remember that at the end of the day, when you're looking at your credit card debt from 2020 and you're looking at all of those numbers, the only person that's going to be paying that bill is you, my friend, your, your loved ones, your family, your friends, they're not responsible for your credit card bill. That's on you. And so yes, it is so much fun to give gifts. And yes, it is so much fun to be in the holiday spirit. I definitely sound like the Grinch right now. I fully understand, but I'm more willing to look like a Grinch and have you succeed and not have debt going into the new year. I I think that's a bigger deal. And if I can be that like voice of reason for you, I will definitely do my best. But at the end of the day, be careful of phrases like I had to get it. I had to get dot, dot, dot. I hear this all the time and I immediately stop and I'm like, whoa, 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 like you had to, like this was something you, you had no choice but to do. And of course we all know that's kind of a BS excuse. We tell ourselves we don't have to do anything. We don't have to do a single thing in the world. Everything that we do in our life is optional. However, your spending is also in your hands. It's your responsibility. And so step number four is just to remember that you do control how much you spend and you are responsible for your finances. Nobody else, no one's going to pay that credit card bill. No one's going to pay off your Macy's card. It's on you. So please do not overspend. Please start planning today. Make sure you get that savings account set up. I know I talk about my favorite savings app all the time, capital Q-A-P-I-T-A-L. It really is my favorite. I use it for Christmas, for my cabin fund, and even for travel. And so what I do with capital is I set up a goal for the holidays and I'll do a reverse goal. So I'll, I'll start saving usually throughout the year, but if I'm slacking on that, then I'll just look at how many months do I need to save and do a set it and forget it rule. And it does it automatically for me. It's super, super cool. If you go to Whitney slash capital Q A P I T A L That gives you $5 towards your goal and me $5 towards my goal. So we can both start working on our Christmas gift budget and start kicking butt with money. So if you don't have a savings account, that's the one I highly, highly recommend. It's one of my personal favorites. All right. I hope this episode was helpful in some way. I want you to start thinking about the holidays before the emotions run high, before we get into this whole cycle of I have to buy everything. I want you to pause, listen to this episode, maybe listen to it twice And start to set up your plan for the holidays so that you can kick butt with money and you can still accomplish your goals, not at the expense of a commercialized holiday. Makes sense, right? Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode or if you think somebody should listen to it, send this to them. I promise it will definitely impact somebody in some way. And I hope it resonates with you as well. Thanks for tuning in. I will see you on Friday for five tip Friday or next week for another episode of the money nerds podcast. Bye.